Hi, I'm Rachel Bloom, and you know, the only thing better than reading Ray Bradbury is listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Giddy up! Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast 98, and it's double mic night here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51 at the sub-level 5 reinvented facsimile globe theater orifice probe examination room and hot tub showroom. Playing the part of Mike the Life Serial Kid tonight, I am the Dome. Joining... He <laughs> he'll eat anything, pretty much. <laughs> Joining the talk cast tonight in the Revere Time Vortex, former cardboard wrangler, playing the part of Mike Holmes, our very own harsh mistress, Brianna. <laughs> you have no idea how harsh. <laughs> <laughs> and from the stacks of her personal silent, silent zone, silent zone? Wow. In the Postafarian reading room, playing the part of Mike Hammer, it's the Zombrarian. <laughs> Normally they would be in the four-color vault of comics, but they're joining me here tonight in Area 51, playing the part of Mike Nesmith from The Monkees. It's our own dead redhead. I am not a robot. I am a unicorn. And playing the part... <laughs> Double rainbow and she's got all quite the way. The horn. <laughs> and tonight playing the part of Mike Nelson from MST3K, it's Illustrator X. Show's over, folks. Joel's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we have... Uh, a very, 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 very weird, interesting, fun show tonight. We have two guests tonight in our first half hour. Producer, director extraordinaire of Brown Coach Redemption. Holy crap! Redemption. Wow! Oh, the aliens took your tongue down. Holy shit! <laughs> okay, look. Doherty. Sorry, man. I can't even say your freaking name. It's Mike Doherty. How are you, Mike? Not too bad, sir. Let's just glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike's going to be talking to us about the end of the Brown Coach Redemption project, what's in the future for big damn fan films, and is there a film that could star a bald radio announcer? Hmm. <laughs> Where would we in, find one if we had a film? <laughs> <laughs> and in our well, second half hour, joining us from the sci-fi original movie Jabberwock, holy shit. Did I just say that? You, you totally did just say the sci-fi original film with a straight face. Yeah, you did. It'll be Mike Worth joining us, and if he's <laughs> listening out, he won't. So, guys, no mosquito drinking game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we have to I don't show know. some he love to the kind the of guy that would be into it. <laughs> he might be yeah, into it. You know you what? You him. could be right. You absolutely could be right, Doherty. Well, so, I, anyhow, I Doherty's to... joining us tonight from Dragon Con where he's hanging out with all the people he's been working with over the years, and a bunch of brown coats? Yes, sir. And what's the buzz, man? What's going on down there? Uh, a lot, man. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. This is really weird for me because I'm not used to actually going somewhere and not promoting and, and not working and not having to pimp anything right now. And I, I think I'm driving uh, Kelly, my wife, nuts, and I'm just completely beside myself. 
<laughs> the Southeastern Browncoats are being awesome, and, and they're handling all final in-person sales down at their booth. And I, I really have nothing to do except for be a fan again after three years. Um, until How tomorrow cool. when we have our panel and rep party. How cool is that? Seriously. That is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the rush of feelings you're having right now can't be articulated. Uh, it is a roller coaster. I, I'm uh, explaining it as postpartum, uh, post-project depression. Because nice. I'm like, one minute I'm like, yay, I'm all happy and fine. And the next minute I'm like, you know, emo, like I should be shopping at Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 shopping at Hot Topic again. With my dad's credit card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying try to hold, hide the cuts on your arm. Oh. But that's a whole other story. So because seriously, they not the cuts on my soul. <laughs> oh, nice. So for the past three years, you have done the one thing everybody said couldn't happen. Yes, sir. You took not only a property that was owned by Fox, that was an incredible uh, story in and of itself, got permission from everybody and their mother to do a job, to get this job done, all legal, all wonderful, got actors, got set designers, got writers, got special effects people. And, and not put just together, any people, good people. Yeah, right. and, and, and not just, you know, I mean, not just one of these, you know, internet, uh, interweb films where you sit there and you go, golly, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> but you put together an incredible film, and you took that film and made that film a vehicle for social change. Yeah, well, positive social change. Let's positive social that. change and pop culture molded together into one project. Man, you've got to be incredibly proud of yourself right now. Because if you're not, I am for you. Seriously. Uh, I definitely, definitely appreciate you being for me. I'm kind of in that place where I don't know what to do with myself right now. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I want to be happy, and then I feel like I should have done so much more. It's like that awkward place of, of just uh, being still too close to it, even though it's done. And, you know, it's, it's Dragon Con, so I'm getting the, the best and the worst of geek culture, of people telling me how great it is, and then the douchebags that want to wait in line while well, I'm sitting at the bar for like five minutes talking to people to tell me that they hated the movie, but they liked me personally. <laughs> well, that's something. And I'm just like, really? I think you stood there for 10 minutes to say that. Thank you. I, like, that, that's just, uh, well, Dedication. Of thank you. Uh, I just want to let you know that, um, our contributor, um, well, Ted Bronson in the chat room right now, um, just, just let me know that he bought two copies of Brown Coast Redemption. That's more than I bought. Oh, I just have the one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's really weird to, to kind of sit here and uh, technically have what is considered a Hollywood success because um, while, you know, the movie cost 40000 the legal fees cost like 30000 the, uh, you know, every time we produce DVDs, it cost at least $3,000 a pop, and we did 
four different runs of it. So we've spent close to $12,000 producing DVDs, all the marketing materials, the T-shirts. And the movie paid for itself plus raised $105,000 for charity. So... That's fucking incredible, man. for... That's crazy. Yeah, and, yeah. and the stupid part about the whole thing is it shouldn't have made a dime. There's no, no way it should have happened. It's, uh, it's an anomaly, and I'm actually sitting at the very convention where one vendor told me in 2008, he pulled me aside when I was asking questions about, you know, would people be interested in this? And he's like, look, I'm just going to tell you to your face because nobody else will. Uh, Fox will shut this down. You'll get sued. No fan will even spend $1 for a fan film. The charities won't want to associate. This is just never going to happen. So before you get your hooks up, I just want to tell you, honestly, you know, that it'll never happen. In your face, asshole. So I'm just like, uh, I'm going to walk by his booth tomorrow and be like, so how's $105,000, Kate, dickhead? Yeah, nice. Give him our card, will you? I, uh... I love the charities and I love the brown coats, but I'm I'm no longer promoting the film, so I can go back to just being a me who's not worried about internet sales. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's funny because we've kind of been along for the ride with you for about the past year and a half. You guys have been awesome. Aww. Oh, thank you. I, I wasn't fishing for a compliment there. I, what, where I was going with that was basically saying it's for me it's been really exciting to watch you guys it's been Thank really you. cool from my point of view because you know I, I've got friends and, and acquaintances and people who pass me in hallways who are filmmakers or call themselves filmmakers and a few of them are kind of good at it a couple of them are very good at it. Most of them, it, you know, don't quit your day job. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole, you know, 90% of everything is shit. If it wasn't, how would you know where the good stuff was? Yeah. But, you would still know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a stupid comment. No, it's not a stupid comment. It's absolutely true. And the reality is, is like, from the first time, Mike, that you and I sat down and talked about this, the very first time, I just had a really, really good feeling about this. You're going to hear a little bit of feedback. Sorry. I'm not oh, going. that's what that is. Okay. Oh, I heard myself. All right, go ahead. You know what? You know what? We have a policy here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, and our policy is that we will never have a guest on to A, make fun of them, or B, that we don't like. Okay, this is not who we are. The reason that we have people on is because we like them or we believe in them. And I don't think anyone illustrates that concept more than you. Yeah, I I think I think Creon is absolutely right with that. Like I said, I've had such a good feeling about this project since day one. I mean, I've had you guys over at my house. Creon's had a brown coats party in her apartment. That was fun. (laughs) I, I slept in her guest room. That was awesome. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's just been the coolest ride for us to watch this thing grow. I mean, I, I remember the, the one night we sat in my living room after uh, 
after a podcast and watch the rough cut. Yeah, that was really fun. That was cool. Yeah. I think oh, it was only seven cut. minutes at that point, though. Yeah. yeah. That was weird. My, my screen just cut out, but I'm back. So, you know, it's funny because I understand that you now have this 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 void that needs to be filled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to join? It's like, what do I do now? You want to join? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm sitting here yeah, and I'm yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, in. yeah. So what the hell are you doing yeah. now? And uh, how can we be a part of it? Whatever it is, Bye. make sure you announce it on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Andrew. Well, I am. I am. Going to tell you right now, the next project has already been planned. The pieces are in motion, and I, I made a promise that I wouldn't tell anybody uh, publicly until our wrap party tomorrow night. So I will come back by Saturday night next week and tell you exactly what it is. But actually, we will we will have to tape it because we are off next week. There you go. But uh, I will I will tell you right now that it is an original piece, and we're keeping the exact same business model. Very well, cool. I, you know who makes good extras? <laughs> a, a podcast host. Yeah, That's podcast host exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, honestly, given the nature of the next project, you guys are, you not only have a place in the film, but. I, I would love it if you could help me keep uh, the word out about that as well. Of course. I, I, th I think we can handle that. And, and I have it on good authority right now that we are getting a second surprise guest pop on in a minute here. Um, he might have to tear himself away from the notebook to join us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh. His action figure comes complete with tissues. And he gets a uh, hug from a very tall gentleman. Yes. Tall blue gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some point, whenever he signs on to Skype. In a if few watches the notebook. We hyped him up so much and then he must have gotten back into the notebook. I know. You no, know, we hyped him up, and then he went, oh, shit, I have to go on now? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, Ryan Gosling came on the screen, and he got emotional. <laughs> it's a guy thing. What can I tell you? It's a guy thing. I got to say, like, you know, if I, if I swung on the other side of the fence, he, he would definitely be in the list. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind next time we build the moat. <laughs> Yeah, Notebook Con 2012. <laughs> so seriously, Mike, yes, I know that this process over the past three years has been at, at some point very exhilarating, at other points excruciating. That was the yes. question. <laughs> <laughs> that no, was not that, doing great that, with the actual excuse questions. Me, excuse me. That was a Claire Kramer pause. Oh, oh I'm yeah, working okay. towards the rest of the question right now. Mike doesn't have boobs. <laughs> nah, I know. But I'm sitting here with the dead redhead, so it works. <laughs> that was really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she never laughs I like... I am not sure. I second that. <laughs> so, 
if you could think about it for a second, what was the best thing that happened and, and possibly the worst? Uh, I will give you my top three best and my top three worst. Cool. Because there are just too many to actually uh, to go on. Uh, and I'll give you my personal ones, not like for the project as a whole, but just my personal favorites that uh, kind of like, mean something to me as the guy that pushed this into existence and got a lot of people to support it and then brought it to where it is. Um, the the first is the day I actually got the email back from Natalie, which is Josh's assistant on Dollhouse, that said, uh, you have his blessing and he thinks it's cool, but he can't speak for anybody else. And that day to me was just like, holy shit, this is real. And and then, you know how that one sentence could be every possible inflection of emotion? <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Like, holy shit, this is real. This is cool. And then, like, holy shit, this is real. Um, and Josh Wheaton's aware of it. And then, like, holy shit, this is awesome. But uh, that was a great moment. The next moment for me happens to be... Um, Sorry, I have a very attractive woman standing over my shoulder in a mirror. This is a very nice costume. <laughs> hey, uh, me too. <laughs> uh, so the next moment happens to be just uh, the first day on the set. Like, you know, up until like, getting down there and, and kind of seeing everything, you think people are going to show up. We did the call that we hope extra showed up. We got told, like, 20 people were going to show. And we had this entire Western theme park. And, like, next thing we know, there's, like, 100 people there. And I'm like, this is so cool. Um, and then, oh, crap, I'm going to let everybody know. Uh, but then the, the final part was just the ability to go on stage next to Joss Whedon and present him a check to show, hey, I, I'm not just this dickhead in Baltimore that got your blessing. I actually made this real, and we made this, and, and thanks to the Brown Coach that supported it. And this is real. And just to be able to stand next to him and do that, to me, is, is something that all the internet dickheads with keyboard courage and no testicular fortitude when they meet me in the face can take away from <laughs> Um So the three worst things. So um, first day, the first thing we ever shoot is the overhead shot of the fight scene at the end of the movie. Because the way the movie was shot was that... Um, we basically started with the most complicated, most amount of people that we could possibly need and worked backwards to down to the last thing we shot is just literally Pete and Laura on the, the cockpit. Um, and that was like logistics as well as locations and everything else. So the first thing we show, shoot is the fight scene, and there's the shot where Pete tosses the gun and Stevens is supposed to catch it and toss it away. Um, this had been rehearsed for about six weeks we finally get to day one. They rehearsed it in the morning for two hours. They went through the whole thing. First take, first shot. Um, we don't have any audio set up because we're looking down. And then the... Uh, I have a skunk at my door. <laughs> what was the dragon con? Um, um, I think I hear some so, sniffling in the background. Is that a fuzzy skunk? <laughs> I, I said, I think I hear some sniffling. Yes. Maybe so, uh, have, have we um, have we pulled Andrew away from the notebook? Have we for for a couple of seconds? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was getting a new box oh. of tissues. <laughs> so, uh, ladies, as we're enjoy this. Up, um, 
we're setting the shot up and we're looking down. We don't have the mic set up, so everything's kind of quiet and everybody's kind of pantomiming noise. So the shot where Heather is laying on the ground, Miriam tosses the gun, and Kurt misses. So this hard resin gun, at, thrown at a distance of 12 feet, cracks Heather right on the head oh, and no. breaks into three pieces. Oh. <laughs> um, I have never felt like the world has just, you know, pulled a Charlie Brown on me ever until that moment. <laughs> but I just watched Heather curl up into a fetal position. And the only sound that you could actually hear very clearly back in the playback, and Andrew can attest to it, is the crack of the gun on her head. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Um, so, I think I, you know, I think I mixed that sound effect in later on when um, in the film when Laura punches uh, Pete in the mouth. <laughs> it was that kind of nice noise. So. Wow. It was a really great sound, but a really scary moment. So after we we found, figured out Heather was okay, and she's like, all right, I, I shook it off. And, and it, we realized it hit her in her hair, not on her forehead, so there's no visible bruise. She wasn't concussed. <laughs> we figured out how to... We figured out how to put the gun back together again, and honestly, that gun through the entire filming is the same gun was used. So I'm just really proud that this resin gun that was pieced together with, like, double-sided sticky tape and glue <laughs> never never looks like that in the film. Um, but that was the scariest moment. The second scariest moment was uh, the first... We did seven locations for Can't Stop the Serenity, got the rough cut of the movie. And we were pretty explicit with them that we're like, look, this is a rough cut. We need you to be very clear with your audience what this is. There is no, you know, special effects sounds. There is no, like, score or anything. It's going to be really, really rough. It would also be very smart of you not to play it after Serenity because then you have this really big buildup. So Lebanon, Tennessee decides, fuck the rules. They play Serenity, and then they play the rough cut of Broncos Redemption. And I'm sitting at the internet watching Facebook and Twitter and all the people just completely like, oh my God, I sat through Serenity and all that awesomeness and then you just took it away with Brown Coats Redemption. Please don't ever support this project. It's terrible. It's stupid. Uh, there is no music. I'm like, it's everything that you find negative, it's like everything you find negative, we specifically said, you know, this is going to be put in. So I, I spent a good night and a half just battling internet nerds to make sure that they were aware that this was a, you know, a rough cut. I can attest to you, all listeners, all two of you who are listening right now, (laughs) that every time someone said something bad about Brown Coach Redemption, Mike Doherty was up all night about it. Yeah, Mike did not sleep for an entire couple of months, (laughs) as I recall. Uh, Try two years. Yeah, I was going to say, months is uh, putting it mildly. I think, what what are you doing? Are you due for about a three-month coma, Mike? I, I just literally passed out for about 14 hours last night. <laughs> <laughs> I came up to the hotel room. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and charge my phone. It's 10.30. I'm going to go back to the bar. And then Kelly comes up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to lay down in bed. And uh, I just passed out and just put the, the CPAP machine on and woke up at, like, noon today. <laughs> nice. Um. So, yeah, I'll probably be doing that again a couple times. So then the, uh, the the last possible scary moment and worst moment for me um, was just, it's, it's really more of a personal thing than anything else. Mailing me the hard drives? 
Yeah. <laughs> I like how you knew that, Andrew. <laughs> it's just like the fear that everything that you possibly got worked on was completely in the hands of the U.S. postal system. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, tell me you had a backup. Yes, but then we'd have to make a copy of the backup and go through that headache all over again. Like, Andrew lived in Rhode Island. I lived in Maryland. I was sincerely contemplating getting in the car and hand delivering them. I was that nervous. I don't think that's too crazy. And uh, yeah. and I'm really surprised you didn't, to be yeah, honest really. with you. <laughs> but, you know, Kriana can attest. Like, I literally, uh, we had, I battled internet nerds from Kriana's couch. Um, yep, that's true. During our podcast that was actually taped, I don't know if we have a link to that. If we do, please let's never put it anywhere because it's like the most awkward film I've ever seen. It basically what? consists of <laughs> Mike and I staring at our respective laptop screens, drinking beer, and various Broncos walking around behind us while we talk to everyone else who you can't see or really hear because they were on the computer. <laughs> and I was sitting on the floor. Yeah. We had we had double camera coverage too. That was brilliant. <laughs> I know. Was that necessary? No. And there were lights in our faces. It was. Uh, I don't know how people do it. It's just. And there were like double camera coverage for half a conversation. Yeah, and, and they would like wave their arms when they wanted to say something. I was. Well, hey, and, all you and, New England brown coats, what up? <laughs> and we you took turns wearing the uh, Malcolm Reynolds shirt. Yeah, yeah, the one that. Nathan and playing with the grenades, wore. yeah. Yeah. So, so it was a Andrew, nice night of dress up. So Andrew. <laughs> yes, sir. I met you as a uh, as an add on to this project, and uh, you you got very very deeply involved in this project. Don't um, remind me. <laughs> <laughs> how does it feel how, from your point of view? How does it feel to have succeeded? in everything you set out to do? Um, I'm, I don't really have the words for it just yet. Um, I'm still kind of almost, and this has happened on a couple of other projects I've worked on, where I'm, I'm kind of now in a mourning phase where it's, you know, I mean, the second, the second we released, you know, the first trailer, it, it, you know, it became, it, it wasn't our film anymore. It became everyone else's. It became all the Browncoats' film. So there's been, it's been slowly a, a big buildup, but now knowing that we can't release it anymore, um, knowing that it's, it's out there, it's not ours anymore. So there's a bit of, there's a bit of mourning. It's very bittersweet. Um, it's been a great project to work on. I mean, I've met so many great people and it's going to travel over into future projects, but, um, but it's definitely, it's, it's, it's still sad too, because, you know, we can't, we can't, sh um, you know, we can't raise any more money, um, but I'd have to say, I'd have to say, uh, bittersweet. It, there'll be a little bit of. I mean, I've over the last couple of months, I've been, um, or the last about two months, I've been um, transferring all the elements and things like that to their own hard drives and kind of off my computer. So it's there's definitely just that small bit of mourning where you're saying, you know, you're you're saying goodbye to it. So you know, I know I'll always have a piece of it, but um, and you know, it's actually right up on my uh, on my DVD shelf, right next to Serenity and Firefly. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been it's been wonderful, and now it's there's a little bit of time to say goodbye. So and you guys have literally changed the face of fan film forever. 
I don't, I don't know if you quite realize that you've revolutionized the entire idea of a fan film. You've, you've really, and you've, you've actually raised well, the bar to a level yeah. that nobody has ever expected that to yeah. be. So what you're saying is no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is the next Not one better damn well be good. I feel bad. I feel bad for uh, people that make a, another film after us, whether it be Star Wars, Star Trek, and other sci-fi uh, franchises. I mean, yeah, it is going to be a little tough for them. I guess. You know, every fan film from now until whenever is going to be held up against you guys, as you guys are the success story, the only success story, as far as I can tell, from fan films. Yeah, nobody's ever done this before, which is uh, really weird to say. It's, it's. I was actually talking about this with Kelly last week. It, 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 there is no feeling that you can say, okay, this is good enough, because it's never been done. So you can't really say, this is the acceptable stop point. You know, and uh, Logan, who's on our team, actually said that he's like, Mike, you're the kind of guy that could probably climb to the top of Mount Everest and not think it's good enough because you want to keep going higher. But, you know, the reality is, is for me, kind of putting it in perspective, is we wouldn't have, like, an iPad or that type of shit if the person that just kind of looked at the initial Mac and said, you know what, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you wouldn't have Sci-Fi Saturday Night if, oh, wait. <laughs> 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 oh, seriously, you guys are so awesome. Dome? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what I want to say to both of you and to everyone who was a part of this project from uh, the people who put the effects together to the people who built the sets to the actors, to everybody who donated their time, donated their effort, uh, donated their hearts into this project. Uh, This is an endeavor that now has made a mark in history. It really has. This is really something to be proud of. I am really proud that, we at Sci-Fi Saturday Night have been whatever small part of it that we could be, and uh, thanks. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, honestly, I, I need to take a moment and do this because it's kind of uh, it's just good for the soul. It's like I need to thank Quantum Mechanics for giving us props and Joan Soda for doing something that's never been done and putting a fan film on soda bottles and. Um, Frontier Town for giving us an entire month of Saturdays and Sundays to film there, and St. John's Properties for donating a warehouse space for a completely, what would have seemed like an off-the-wall project for three months, and then every single brown coat that's volunteered, because this has been a volunteer effort. Like Anybody that's helped out has paid their own way to go to either a set or a location or um, invested on top of paying for a DVD. I mean, I've paid for DVDs, so you know, there's a Every single person that's been involved needs to be like Snakehead Games, who donated $1,200 to pay for us to fly out to uh, San Diego Comic-Con and then back out to uh, do the checks presentation with Joss. It's just, it's been amazing. Andrew Marnick from Brown Coach Redemption, the editor, Mike Doherty, producer, director. We're going to hear great stuff from you guys. We know this, and we're looking forward to it. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. Take care. Which brings us to opening our hymnals to page 21 in the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Talkathon. Hello. Hi. <laughs> See how good I am? 
Do you just see and how joining us for our second half hour from the sci-fi <laughs> original <other> movie, <laughs> it's Mike number two, Mike Worth. Mike, how are you? Mike number two, I'll take it. I'm good. I'm good. How you guys doing? It's it's Mike night here tonight, so everybody's named Mike. It's what how we're doing it. Can I be Michaela? You can. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. You just call. I always end up Mikey, so you know you with it somehow or another. Well, we'll do the life serial joke later. We'll be fine with that. That's right, life. Mikey. <laughs> that was a good voice. Sorry, <laughs> it's an emotional day here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Yeah, oh, it really is. It's it's been one of those days. Mike Worth, we yes. first saw when Faith the Vampire Slayer beat him uh, up. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That, I was actually on um, what's her name's first episode, uh, Elijah. Elijah yes, I did her. I guess I think it was the first, actually, the first vampire she kills in that series. Actually, oh, wow. <laughs> that's kind of and, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm in there She's disco dancing with her, and then she takes me out of the back in the alley and stabs me. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're that three, episode that, three. Yeah. That, that was it. Yeah, that was fun, actually, because I remember doing it. I went up there. I just said, you know, I'm like going, oh, what am I just this little, doing this little bit thing here. I was I was there with Sophia Crawford because she was doubling for Buffy, and she kind of brought me in. And I just had some fun with it. So they said, okay, go up there and start dancing. So I just, I went into this like ultra funky John Travolta, outdated, just crazy nutty. And I, I started, and I was, I was doing it. I started thinking, oh man, they're going to, they're going to like, they're going to get PO'd at me or something, you know? And then they, they cut. And then the next thing I know is like, Sophia comes up to me and goes, you're not going to believe this, Michael, but Joss Whedon wants to talk to you. And I'm like going, what? And she goes, he never does this, but he wants to talk to me. I go like, oh, okay. And I walk up there and he's like laughing in the back. He goes, dude, you've got to look at yourself on camera. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. <clears throat> I actually did one more episode. I did a, one called a school hard, I think, where we were, uh, they take over a school or something. And I, I got my head smashed through a, uh, what the hell was it? A, a fire extinguisher by Buffy. Just Whedon night tonight too. Yeah, it totally is Just Whedon night. <laughs> oh, is it? So Mike is the star of the new original sci-fi movie that airs next Saturday at nine o'clock on Sci-Fi Channel, Jabberwock. Yeah, well, I'm one of them. I mean, you know, Tomo Pennicut and Casey Barnfield, the other uh, kind of round out the top there. So, so to, so to call it. Well, you're the most important one. You want to know why? Uh oh, why? Because you're, here you're right on the now. show. That's right. <laughs> I, yeah, that's right. I'm important. Okay, let's go with it. Totally. <laughs> totally. So, talk to us about the movie a little bit. Well, uh, you want to know about, like, story wise about the movie? Kind of what's sure. the deal? All but right. No spoilers. No spoilers. Before okay. You, before um, you spoilers before you say anything. Uh, I okay, I want I've the got thing. that clip. <laughs> <laughs> I want the whole thing to be a surprise. Spoilers. There we go. <laughs> well, it's really it's about a about a, uh, a, a I play Alec, who's this, this sort of dysfunctional brother of Tomo, who who's run off uh, from his family duties over the last couple of years and fought a bunch of battles and wars, and finally comes back home and and uh, has to sort of confront the fact that his brother's sort of taking care of his father the whole time, and I've been off, you know, gallivanting, etc. And and while we're dealing with all these family issues, the beautiful Casey Barnfield pops into the picture and, you know, kind of build up this whole little uh, deal. And then suddenly 
guess who winters but the Jabberwock. And um, it uh, it was uh, we shot it out in Bulgaria, and it was a uh, it was a lot of fun actually. I, this was my second time shooting in Bulgaria, so I was really happy to be back. Why Bulgaria? Well, they do a lot. It's kind of like the European Canada or something, you know. I mean, they just like they. they <laughs> Is that they, they, they Hellboy, I don't know, they might, I mean, they shoot a lot of movies out there, like um, New Image that does, like, The Mechanic and Expendables, et cetera, et cetera, they're out there, and we were on their, you know, there's one of their studios, they're out there all the time shooting their movies, um, and so, uh, but it's just, you know, it's just got a great, Conan was actually, had just kind of wrapped when we, we did this, oh. and so, and so we were actually using a lot of their crew and some of their, their props and that kind of deal, so we're like a secondhand, uh, Secondhand movie, no, but they, but um, they, they, yeah, they. It's just you get a lot for your money out there. I mean, you get, you know, there's a lot to do, and and it has the look. You know, there's just a great look out there when you get out there with the mountains and the dark forests and all that stuff. Oh, so, what should we look for that's in Conan and in your movie? Well, what's to say? <laughs> let's see, my my, uh, let's see, my boots. I think you know. <laughs> You'll see them on extra number thirty-eight in Conan and on me. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. I just know I know that they 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 use we use some of the locations you know that they were shooting out there. But all the crew were most of the crew were from there. And a couple of, couple of horses. I know a couple of horses we used were from the Gonad. So. so internet, this is your challenge. I want a piece by piece comparison of what's the same. Go. <laughs> A uh, piece by piece comparison of what? Of what's, what's the same, the same in each between movie? Conan and this movie? Okay, that'll be good. I, I think that'll be real interesting. Um, <laughs> Internet, go for it. That, 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 <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna outdo the business of Conan. I guarantee you. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not hey, you're following that classic films like Mansquito. <laughs> Mansquito. <laughs> Well, I actually read for Conan, believe it or not. I went in for the part of Conan. Ooh. Yeah. That might have made the difference. That could have been it right there. So, Michael, what, what's it like when, you, when you're going to Bulgaria to shoot for three months? No, no, it wasn't that long. I was there uh, on this picture. It was, you know, uh, blah, 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 probably not even two months. I was there for just a month and a half, I think. But it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, and it's funny because with, with Jabberwock, the, the director, Stephen Monroe, he's uh, an old friend of mine. We've done a lot of uh, films together in, in some capacity. And I've written some of his films. I've acted in some of his films. He's, you know, I brought him on to direct a thing or two, you know. So um, we've, we've known each other for a fairly long time. And, um, and uh, this is his follow-up to I Spit on Your Grave, obviously. And he, uh, he, he called me up on, I think it was Thursday night. And they were shooting Monday. And I knew he was out there putting this movie together. He said, hey, we want you in this movie. <laughs> and I said, well, wait a minute. So you shooting Monday? And he's like, yeah, so you got to get on a plane tomorrow, and, and you'll land on Saturday, and you're shooting on Monday. And I was like, okay. And so I, I didn't even read the script till I was like halfway over the ocean somewhere. Um, but, you know, Stephen is somebody who I trust so so much with, you know, his, his sort of sensibility with uh, filmmaking that it wasn't, you know, a hard decision to make. Not to mention that Mark Lester was the producer. Mark Lester did some of the coolest movies in the 80s ever, like Commando and Showdown in Little Tokyo. And, you know, so oh, they, yep. Yeah. I know that name. Classic. Would you give your two front teeth to talk to him? 
What was that? <laughs> I think Dylan would give his two front teeth to talk to him. Oh, oh yeah, no, he's boy, he's got some stories. Totally, and you know, Dead Redhead and I are both sitting here going, we "Oh yeah, yeah, we know those movies real well." Yep, yep, yeah. He was out there for probably the first like five days to a week, and then he came back. But it was great. He's a great guy, and I was glad to you know get a chance to work with him in some capacity. So working working in the Eastern Bloc countries to set up the movies, um, how how odd is that? I mean, is is that now like as as commonplace as, as going up to Vancouver? Well, probably not that much, but it's a trip. I mean, it's definitely a trip up there. I mean, I was up there about uh, I want to say like nine years ago when I like early when I first got in L.A. I got a movie called U.S. Seals Two. And um, it was a big action thing with Jackie Chan's stunt team and all these guys. I mean, we, I, it was like the most exhausting movie I'd ever done. But I'd shot there before. And at that time, I think it was still, you really felt that sort of, that dark cloud of communism or whatever, what have you, still kind of hanging over it a little bit more. There was a little more of this distinction of those on the top of the hill and those at the bottom of the hill, you know. Um, and this time it sort of had leveled out a little bit more. I'm sure it's still pretty much the same because I was kind of, you know, you get, you go, you shoot your movie, you're in middle, you know, medieval times and you go back to your hotel room. So you don't, you know, it's like, you don't get a chance to explore as much, but there's some great, great old parts of that city that are just amazing when you go walking through there. And I've, you know, never had a chance to really shoot in the city ever because most of the films I do either take place on a radioactive island or, you know, you know <laughs> some other time zone. Nice. But I ventured around, so I got to see everything. The cool thing, actually, about those is they have these marketplaces set out where um, they have these, like, antiques, and you go through and you find all this old, like, World War II stuff, people selling on the street, and old 16-millimeter cameras. I'm a big camera buff, so it's like, you know, it's it's, it's really interesting. 16 now, who was doing the, um, yes, that's very old, Kriana. <laughs> wait, wait, those are cameras that take... Film? Yeah, they use film. <laughs> Weird. And Jabberwocky was shot on film, just so you know. It wasn't high def or anything. Weird. Who did your? Uh, who did the team for the monster? Who did? Oh, uh, the special effects guy. Uh, yeah, God, the, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the company. This guy Scott is one of the guys that runs the company. Uh, they did actually a really good job. I didn't get to see much of it, but I just saw a little bit. And they, they, they. Um, you know what I like about them is they're kind of like, they're not just like, okay, let's put this thing up there and just animate it around. They're really trying to get some sort of movement to it and, and get it some, give it some life, you know, and that's, it's really good. Because when you don't have, you know, like, what's his name, Andy Circus or whatever the heck his name is, <laughs> if you don't have him with you, you know, it's like, it's hard to do, so... Um, what did you, you know, do, green screen, or what did you do for those? There, there was, uh, green screen was only used at least that I was around for when a scene when we're climbing up on this cliff face. But aside from that, it what there was, they just, they didn't use any, you know? So did wow. you just pretend to fight the air or? I'm sorry, say that again. Did you fight with the air? Or oh yeah. That's always my favorite part. It's like when you're like going fight the air, here comes the wing, here comes the claw. All right. They were actually going to, I was, I was, you know, cause I'm a method actor. I was going to tell them to build an actual Jabberwocky to attack. Them, so. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But no, it's a, it's, it, luckily there wasn't too much of that. Cause after a while it does get a little funny when you're just slashing a sword in the air and screaming and grunting at nothing, you know, it does get a little weird. So, so I just got a copy of the art poster for, for Jabberwock and uh, where are you in this poster? 
Oh, I am on there. I'm on the uh, left. I've got the long hair and I've got kind of the sleeveless thing on towards the left. And I'm kind of looking up like, what is that? With Conan's boots, right? Yeah, Conan's (laughs) boots. Yeah, okay, now I see you. (laughs) That's me. And actually, you guys, on the Facebook page I have, I put up probably about 100 photos taken from the set of the movie you can see on there, too. So if you go on there, you can check them out. Cool. Yeah, we'll we'll link that in the post so that people can uh, go over and check that out. So, not only you know people who have seen you aren't aware of some of the other stuff that you've done, like God's Ears. Yeah, God's Ears is actually the thing I'm most proud of in my life. It's a, a little film I wrote and, and directed a, a couple of years ago, and it's still doing the film festivals right now. And, and in fact, I'm going to the Route 66 Film Festival this month. And I'm going to New York in October with it, and then actually going to Thailand with it in November for a film festival. So um, it's Is about a festival in Thailand. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a one place on earth I still haven't gone that I've been dying to go. So it's like I'm <laughs> I'm taking advantage of it. Um, but it's about a boxer with autism. How the hell do you get John Saxon and Tim Thomerson in that film? Oh. Wow. Um, those two are great. I mean, just as a, you know, they're, they're two of my best friends now, actually. I mean, these guys, I mean, we go, I go up to their house all the time. In fact, I used both of them in my last film, Bring Me the Head of Lance Henriksen. They both got to be in two. <laughs> <laughs> great name. Uh, we'll be seeing Tim uh, next month at the Rock and Shock Festival in Worcester. We'll say hi. Oh, yeah, definitely tell him hi. He'll tell you some stories, you know. So, Tim, actually, Tim's actually in Thailand right now. He just went there a couple days ago. Tim, Tim, like you know, Tim Thomerson did Trancers and Uncommon Valor, and you know, a slew of movies. He's uh, every every like probably four or five months, he gets ready to start blowing a gasket, and he just buys a ticket to Thailand and goes. And then, <laughs> okay. And then he comes back, and he's all cool and refreshed after about three weeks or a month. You know, he goes out there and does Muay Thai and surfs, and you know, that's how it goes. And you do a lot of martial arts. I've been doing it since I was a, a little kid, and, and as a matter of fact, since I was nine, I started in Aikido, and I just kept doing it just for myself. But when I came out to, you know, L.A., you know, I I, I went on a couple auditions where they're like, "Ah, oh, you do martial arts, come do it." And once I did one martial arts movie, you know, uh, which was this, uh, you know, this one of these low budget deals, you know, then they signed me to three more, and the next thing you know, it's like you're 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 kicking everybody you talk to in every single movie. So. I actually took some time to pull myself away from that after a while and push myself into some comedy and push myself into some more serious drama so I could kind of not get too stuck in that because that wasn't the way I wanted to go with it. And so now it's been it's been great because now it's like I'm, you know, kind of I, I can do it. I can go back to it. In fact, I'm planning on doing a, a fairly, fairly intricate action film at the beginning of next year. But um, and I'm actually working with uh, I'm writing Dolph Lundgren's next uh, project. So um, oh, wow. Yeah, I just was with him actually yesterday, um, and that's uh, going really good. Now, how did you get started with writing? Uh, with writing? You know what it was? Writing, I, I, because I just loved movies and wanted to make movies as a kid, it's just like that's sort of like when you've got nothing. You know, you, it's not like you can go out and go, well, I'm going to go direct today or I'm going to go act today, you know. So it's like writing was the first thing that kind of – that's sort of a tangible thing you can do creatively to – participate in movie making you know mm-hmm. and uh, I just that that was one of my earliest endeavors into it and I just I keep you know I just keep doing it and eventually when I was my first my first screenplay that I had made into a film was a, a movie called Ghost Rock that I did with Gary Busey and Jeff Fahey and um, it was a western back in 2002 and after that I've had a couple more scripts um, 
produced. And then I, I've been a ghost writer on a bunch of movies. And you know, I was supposed to be a ghost writer on uh, Poison Ivy 4, but then I found out my name was on it, so it was too late. No more ghosts. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But uh, so that's kind of, and I, I mean, it's it's just one of the things that kind of keeps my head, you know, together. As a matter of fact, it's it's funny. I was just having this conversation today. You know, sometimes you come out here as a as a, whether you're an actor or a director or whatever, and you sometimes have these long periods between jobs because you know, you, unless you're you know Steven Spielberg or Tom Cruise, you know, you're not like always working all the time. And um, so you sometimes you find I, I can't be one of these guys that just sits by the phone and tries to hope for the next thing to happen. So a lot of times I would write. Well, now just because of Bring Me the Head of Lance Hendrickson, the the, the thing I just did, I, I found creative ways of getting smaller productions done for a, a fairly, you know, I mean, it's it's not like no money. I mean, you got to spend money, but, um, you know, we can do them for, for less than normally, you know, we might have had to spend five or six years ago because of the technology, et cetera. And so we're now, uh, you know, like I, I've got that project and I've got another one I'm doing in about a month that uh, we're doing for $25,000. It's just a little drama comedy thing that we're doing. So it's it's kind of been nice, you know. It's a good way to keep your head together while you're in between, pro- you know, like larger paying projects. Tell me about "Bring Me the Head of Lance Hendrickson." Bring me the head of Lance Hendrickson, ah. because that came about when I was doing. Uh, it was a movie that ended up on the Sci-Fi Channel, "Devil on the Mountain." It was called, and it ended up being Sasquatch Mountain. And um, I oh, did. Yeah. What's that? We remember that. <laughs> of course. Well, I had to. I wrote that for the Sci-Fi Channel, and then uh, when I was shooting there, it was Lance and Tim were both on it, and just watching these guys and hearing their stories and about what they go through in life, and and you know, looking at Lance and looking at Tim, you know, and they both were in Near Dark together, and I was started watching, it and I go, Lance, you know, he's gone on to all these aliens, and he's doing this, and he's doing that, and Tim would sit there and listen to him talk about his parts, and he goes, he'd be going, Good God, he goes, I did Trancers one, two, three, four, four. <laughs> Five, six, yeah, no kidding, huh? Sit here talking, like, make, and I started thinking, God, there's a movie in here, there's a movie in here. And so it started to kind of come to me. I thought I'd love to do this thing where it's basically based on reality, where we have take Tim Thomerson in pursuing basically Lance Hendrickson, trying to figure out what the heck he's getting all the roles and, and Tim isn't, you know? And, uh-huh. and it was sort of perceived ageism in Hollywood and all these different things. So what I did was I... I went out with a, a camera crew, a really small camera crew and sound crew, and basically didn't tell anybody ever what they were going to shoot. Nobody knew going in what was going on the day, and I would I would prepare an idea that I wanted. Like I would say, all right, Tim, you and Adrian Barbeau are going to do a scene tomorrow. And i call Adrian up, and Adrian would come in, and Tim would come in, and they'd look at me like, what are we doing here? And i go, Adrian, you go in this room. Tim, you come here. And I'd say to Adrian, Adrian, I want you to do this, and Tim, I want you to do this. And they'd come together and literally with these goals in mind, carry out the scene. So basically everybody was in a movie that they didn't realize what they were in. And I got John Saxon, John Witherspoon from, you know, Friday's movies and all the Wayans brothers. Wow. Uh, Robert Patrick popped into it. Uh, Martin Cove from the Karate Kid films is in it. Uh, Lance, you know, obviously Lance Hendrickson's in it. Serena Vincent from Cabin Fever. Uh, Natasha Alam from True Blood. I mean, I got all these... People and friends that come in and participate, playing themselves. They all play themselves. So it's a, it's crazy. It's a loony, loony but hilarious uh, project. And it looks like we'll see. But we're we're actually going to go meet with some um, network execs about possibly going into a series rather than a film. But uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. So it sounds like a gigantic Hollywood in joke. 
It, it, well, it is, except for the thing is that I made sure that everything stays more, you know, macro. In other words, that you don't have to know anything about Hollywood to get what everybody's struggling with in this project, you know, because sometimes you can go to movies about Hollywood and, and you, you're, it's going over your head, all these jokes. So it's not, nothing's really based on, I mean, you know, I mean, if it is, I cut it out. I don't, I don't use it since it was all improvisational, you know. So it's not like Entourage is what you're saying. Well, it's like Curb Your Enthusiasm on steroids, I'd say. There you go. <laughs> hey, Mike, this yep. has been fun. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really oh, my God, is it that time already? It is, it is that, that time, time already. It's that time to kick the guy off the radio. Well, it's been great, you guys. I appreciate it. And, you know, Jabberwock, September 10th, Sci-Fi Channel, I'll be there. Actually, part of the cast from England is in L.A. right now. We're all going to probably watch it together. So Awesome. Hey, send our best to everybody, and do keep in touch, man. I will, you guys. Have a great rest of the night, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, Kriana. I'm working on it. (laughs) Okay. All right. We have on September 10th, next Saturday, Dr. Grimm and the Emperor of the Red Fork Empire. I I crap you not, guys. Um, <laughs> he says the dead redhead next to Illustrator X in the Dome. And they're going to be talking about the Great New England Steampunk Fest. And then we also have Stephen Perry. Thank goodness it's not Steve Perry, a personal, somebody the dead end would like to uh, talk his head off. Uh, Stephen Perry and Crystal Washington, friends of the show, will be talking about the South Coast uh, Paranormal and Psychic Fair. So we'll have quite a full schedule coming up then. On the 17th, we're going to be at the Great New England Steampunk Exposition. We hope to see some of our fans down there. And on the 24th, our big one we've been telling you about... September 24th will be our 100th show with special guest host Peter Vinton. Tune in for all the surprises then. Do we have a special guest reading tonight? Come on, do it, damn it. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. This is Bob at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Zenoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. It's nice when you're back in the saddle there, my friend. It's been an interesting night tonight. I want to thank Andrew Marnick and Mike Doherty from Brown Coats Redemption. Guys, I can't wait to see what's happening next. I also want to thank Michael Worth, star of the original sci-fi movie, Jabberwock, airing September 10th on Sci-Fi. Wait, wait, we also want to thank everybody in the town of Exeter at the UFO, the third annual UFO festival, including Stanton Friedman, and I'm going to forget everybody's name now, but uh, the presenters, the documentarians. And all the people wearing foil hats, gosh, that was fun. (laughs) And the giant green aliens all over the place. Thank you, guys. Kathleen Martin. Kathleen Martin, yes, thank you. Betty Hill's niece. I want to thank Priyana. Thank you, my darling. You're welcome. And shout out to everyone in the chat room who hasn't listened to us before. Stick with us. We're kind of cool sometimes. Yes. (laughs) And Zombrarian from your personal silent silent zone. Thank you, my dear. (laughs) 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 Well, normally they're in the four color Baltic comics, but they're here in Area 51 tonight, and it's a real nice 
to have the whole family here together. Well, Dead Redhead and, and Illustrator X. Thank you guys. I was never here. I'm still a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Double rainbow. <laughs> this is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. <laughs>